Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you these wisdom teachings. Have you ever been in the presence of a being so benevolent, so luminous, so playful, that your very soul is enriched immediately simply by being near them. Today's guest is what I would call a peace shepherd. <laughs> For her very essence is peaceful, joyful, incredibly nurturing, and full of light, as you're about to experience. And there is no matter that this is a virtual conversation taking place across nations. The embodiment of a peace teacher, Reverend Susan Shahani, holds a vision of the cultivation of world peace through inner peace. As it is expressed through the teachings and practices of the Agape movement, New Thought Ancient Wisdom, she has been an Agape minister since 2009 and a licensed spiritual practitioner since 2002, serving the community individually and collectively for several decades. Oh my God, we're so excited to have you here with us, Reverend Susan. Welcome. Yes, it is truly our honor and our delight to share you with our listeners today. We love you so much, Reverend Susan, our beloved mentor and friend. Welcome. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you, ladies. And it is truly wonderful to be with you both. And we are across continents, countries states we are yet one in the one this morning so i'm grateful to be here and share this time with you and talk about whatever it is that's on our plates this morning and share a little bit more about me so thank you for having me on your show this is truly a high point for the peace teachings podcast we're delighted so let's get into it shall we yeah great so Reverend Susan, we know from personal experience <laughs> and participation that you've developed and taught numerous classes and workshops at Agape, as well as at Enlightened Heart, and that you've designed and managed the delivery of courses and programs for the Agape University, as well as what Paula and I had the honor of participating in, the Practitioner Program, which is a very powerful program. And you contributed to developing the ministerial program as well. So our first question to just get into it is, when did you hear the call to this type of service as far as teaching goes? And, um, and how did the calling as a peace teacher, a teacher of inner peace, come through to you? <clears throat> Great questions. And um, honestly, it's, it's an interesting journey that I've been on. If, if you know parts of my life, um, you know, I, I was labeled later on in life as severely dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And I still have memories of my early childhood of, um, you know, being called out and being embarrassed and being placed in the poor reading group called the Bluebird Group. I remember that. That was in first grade. And um, always having this feeling of, you know, not enough, not smart enough. And yet I did fairly well in school. I don't know how and why. 
Um, and it wasn't until I actually was an adult that I learned about dyslexia and fit the bill because one of my children, my middle child, was struggling in school and his uh, second grade teacher gave me a book called, um, what was it called? The Gift of Dyslexia. So reading that book about my son opened my eyes to the life that I lived all of my life. And of course, when I was younger, they didn't really identify and diagnose those things. You know, you were just really, I felt embarrassed and less than and, you know, never good enough. So we develop these inner belief systems that undergird our life. So how did it change? You know, I think that awareness that I had with my son was the beginning of me understanding more about me. And uh, I turned into a real avid reader. I had a job that I was flying across the country just about every two to three weeks. I was in an airplane and I'd take a book with me, usually the New York Times bestseller, and I'd read one book on the way and then another book on the way back. And I really started to read. I learned how to accommodate myself with some of the shortcomings. How does that equate to turning out to be an educator and developing coursework and delivering content in classes? A, a lot of practice, <laughs> a lot of humbling. And I think what the key is to all of this is having a self-awareness that opened me up in a way that that you know paved the way for what wanted to unfold as me as we teach in in um these teachings we know that there's a part of us that has never been hurt or harmed in any way that is perfect in all ways and there was that thing inside of me i think that kept pushing me and so with multitude of surrenders and, and several uh, opportunities to accept things as they are led the way for me to become more and become more and become more just in that awareness. You know, I, I think it, it holds true about once we wake up and maybe that gift of dyslexia was my first wake up call, we become aware. And when we become aware, we start to become more accountable for the things that we do, how we react to things, the way we see the world around us. So, and once you're awake, you can't go back. Mm -hmm. So it was really allowing that, that opening, that awareness, that acceptance, where you start to receive information, right, from our higher selves and, um, I wish I could tell you that it was it was a something that I did in any way. I truly don't believe that it was. It was a, a full-on surrender and following and just continuing to listen with that self-awareness and letting that self-awareness guide me and lead me and responding. Because when you have that knock on your soul, you can't deny it. You can deny it for a short portion of time, but it's relentless. As you ladies both know, it's relentless until we finally surrender to it and allow the spirit to lead us and guide us however way that it that it needs to, which led me to where you know, I found my way into agape. And the rest is history <laughs> with, with how the journey began there. 
Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I can't help but ask myself what, uh, if you remember, you probably do, um, the gifts of dyslexia because it just went, you know, a light bulb went on and there's many people in my life that have uh, gone through that experience. So what was about that book that opened the gate for you? I, I think it, it, um, it gave me answers to a lot of questions, you know, I, and, and, and it's, how can I explain it? There's this inner conflict where a part is being told that you're X or whatever X represents in our life. But there was another part of me that somehow knew there was more. Mm-hmm. And I know that we all have that place in us that knows that we are more. So there was a conflict inside of me. So having that light bulb of awareness show me that um, there was something going on inside of me and learning how to adjust my life accordingly to it. That was probably the most important aspect of uh, the gift of dyslexia. And I do know that we are very creative individuals, Mm -hmm. uh, artistic, we're good writers, um, and and what can happen if we don't identify that as who who we have been told we are, we can um, uh, you call squelch or diminish our light. We don't allow it to really shine and allow spirit to to move through us. So I think that's the biggest thing is having that awareness and insight that ah aha, there is something here and and moving past it. That's very important. Love that. Reverend Susan, I, and and I'll speak for Paula, uh, we know you to be a mighty wisdom, to be the embodiment of great love intelligence and a beautiful expression of, we'll call it spiritual wisdom. Uh, And and I just want to recognize also your children and your motherhood. And that this beautiful gift of this this middle child that you've described, that sometimes in life, it is our love for other beings that helps us. What a gift that this that this child's dyslexia opened up so many beautiful revelations in your life. And I assume in this child's life as well, Uh, the program that you created and contributed to creating that Paula and I both benefited from and recently graduated from, I I'll speak for myself now saying I would not have, I would not have been a part of that. Had you not been the person who responded to me and, and communicated with me when I first made contact with the Agape International Spiritual Center, specifically the university. So I thank you for all of the surrender and all of the, all of the yeses that, that, that had to take place in order for us to be united and to study under you and to be mentored by you. I mean, you are a living blessing in my life and you continue to be. And I want to recognize you're still studying. We know that <laughs> we know that you're certified as a as a chaplain, a spiritual counselor, that you support families currently and patients moving through their final transitions, that you're specialized and certified in palliative care, and that you're continuing to be um, board certified in chaplaincy. So, so my question is, did you ever imagine that your service, that your yeses, your continual yeses would manifest and evolve in this specific manner? 
Oh, God, no. <laughs> Never. It wasn't even on my radar. And it's so interesting. First of all, thank you, Jennifer, for all of those wonderful comments. Um, and and I, I, what comes up even when you share that is this humility. You know, I almost want to, you know, bow my head and receive because I of myself do nothing. You know, when we allow spirit to work through us, move through us, it is that collaboration with God and the presence that really we create that beneficial presence that we are, we allow it to come forth. And so it's been a lot of humility in my life. And from where I came from as a child, you know, growing up in, in a very abusive um, uh, alcoholic household, uh, and um, how does one become the parent that I am today when I never had that? Again, it speaks to the fact that there's something in us that knows mm -hmm. that knows yes. love that knows goodness that knows right from wrong and for for whatever reason i'm not special we all have the ability you know and for whatever reason i i humbled myself to it and it came forth in my life and continues to so yeah how did i get here in this work <laughs> I, you know, it takes me back, and there's a question in the PRAC uh, studies program where we ask you, what was your first experience with death and dying, if you remember, right? Mm -hmm. And I still go back to this moment in time when I was four years old, where my grandmother, who I didn't know, obviously, she, you know, I was four, and she was, this was my mother's mother, had passed. And I'm Polish Catholic, and um, in that tradition, you know, the whole family comes to the viewing and, and a line is formed where you go up to the body and I'm a four-year-old little girl and I'm supposed to go up to this body and we're supposed to touch. And I touched and I remember it was ice cold and it shocked me, it, <laughs> this body. But that impacted me so much. I tucked it away, never really did anything about it. But um, I, I see today the life that I'm living with so many people that have died or are in the process of dying and knowing too that dying is part of living mm -hmm. and how we how we die truly truly is an aspect of how we live so what i get to do with with families and and patients is is help them enjoy every life every moment of their life as they're dying to have a good death we call a good death um how did i get into chaplaincy i mean it's just been Again, one of those things of surrender, of opening up, you know, I kept listening and following that inner nudge, that inner guide, that once I completed um, practitioner studies and became a spiritual, you know, licensed spiritual practitioner and continued to do the work, be in classes and facilitate classes. And, you know, one thing leads to another, to another, and I'm always showing up, you know, we learn mm -hmm. how to do that. And, you know, I've always lived two hours on a Thursday night drive <laughs> to Agape, literally, it was two hours, and always committed. There's a deep inner commitment to do that, and I think what the commitment is, is to that inner commitment to be more of who I am, who, mm. who and what I am, and yes. um, and so responding and showing up, we build this, this lifestyle of being in a, a certain kind of integrity within ourselves, and for me, the more I said yes, the more I responded, more was presented to me 
didn't know anything about, but was curious to explore and it felt right. So chaplaincy came about after I graduated from ministerial school. I thought, as we know, we have these experiences. I think I know, I know because this makes sense. I have all this experience and I should, I feel that I should be doing X and I'm telling myself that this is definitely the call from spirit. Well, I thought in my mind, thought in my mind that <laughs> I was going to um, be a um, spiritual director in uh, a recovery, like an inpatient treatment recovery. Because um, at that time, I was already like 18 years sober, and I've got all this to give and share. But I, I'm online, and I'm looking what are the requirements, and it required CPE, which is clinical pastoral education. This was back in 2009. And so I signed up for that program, and it was uh, an internship in a hospice company. Uh, I didn't put those two together, but that's what came up, got the, you know, the internship, and it was about six months. And the first visit that I had, I just fell in love with the work, mm -hmm. right? And so I continued in hospice while I was still doing all of the work at Agape, of course, and um, you know, we, we, we can't help but develop inner, innerly, in, inwardly mm -hmm. <laughs> when we're doing work that is of service of some kind. And I, I certainly was serving the greater good and being in alignment was being uh, a servant to God, you know, and I felt that I felt that and I still feel like a student. I still feel like a servant to God and it's, it's work that I know is my life's work. It feels right. And you, I know you know what it feels like when you are in your right place. Doors open, creativity flows, opportunities present themselves. It's like I don't have to look for things just show up, you know. So it's been that way. And, and it's not all been, you know, sweetness and goodness. There have been challenges, of course. But the difference is that I feel better equipped and better prepared to uh, open myself when challenges bef come before me. I've walked through many disappointments in relationships and um, disappointments in people that we respected and honored. But what it did to me over and over again, you know, what is the gift that I get from this opens me up for a greater understanding, a greater awareness, and truly coming to a place within my own practice and my own teachings of we can only depend on God. Mm -hmm. people will disappoint us relationships disappoint us but god is steadfast unchangeable pure perfect relentless in its goodness and its kindness never ever ever leaving us we can depend on that 100 percent every single day so it just continues to teach me that yes we can learn from our teachers learn from our studies, but we put all of our focus on the presence of God, really, and it, and it just integrates all of it and helps awaken within each of us mm -hmm. the God self. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. And brings forth the greatness in who we all are. And that's, that's the gift of where I am today, that, yeah, I've done a lot of work. I continue to do a lot of work. There's something in me that is always seeking to become more, better, 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and how can I learn from my mistakes? How can I grow from my, sometimes my bad choices that aren't so great, you know? Um, and, and it is humbling. It continues to be humbling. But again, I go back to that. Once we are awake and aware, we're accountable. We have to hold ourselves accountable to mm-hmm. those choices that we make and how we respond to the world around us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a questioning that I've been, going through a lot lately and I, I think it's been presented to each of you in your in your studies about you know who is the one that is seeing you know the outside world changes everything changes within us but that presence within us is is a constant mm-hmm. and, and it's that it, it's that awareness of who we are we are awareness right all the great teachers talk about awareness we are awareness these bodies are temporal we don't have them forever they go through a tremendous amount of change in the course of lifetime from birth to death which is just that cycle of life we cycle into another experience another experience but the inside that awareness doesn't change, doesn't age. It's always the same awareness, awareness, awareness. It may develop more, you know, and I think even in the developing of more, it's just opening it itself up more. Because if we go back to our teachings and talk about awareness, that, you know, awareness just is. It's that constant. It's the God portion of who we are, the soul self, if you will. Does it change? Does does you know does that change i believe that it doesn't change it may become we become more aware of it mm-hmm. you know just like consciousness consciousness is steady but yet we become more aware we open up to a greater expansion of consciousness but consciousness is consciousness awareness is awareness and we have degrees of it levels of understanding it more and more so that's where I'm at today with all of that. And, and yes, to become board certified is a lot of work. You guys think your practice studies was tough. It's um, There are 32 competencies that I have to master in chaplaincy. And uh, it's a lot of writing and sit before a board and, you know, have your experiences that demonstrate that you've perfected these competencies. So it's all beautiful work and I'm, I'm really thrilled to be in it right now in my life because I have changed and I continue to change as we all have that opportunity to change and grow and grow. Wow. <laughs> wow there's just so many things I can, I can yes. go back to, to this portion of our conversation. Cause you just said so much. I mean, I, I've heard the, the quality of humility and awareness and surrender that you keep referring to as a way of, of expanding our awareness of the truth of who we are so we can become more and, and depending only on the presence of God, just putting our eyes on that. And, and, you know, the, the, the path unfolds before us. There's just so much you've said that is so powerful. And, um, when you're talking about, um, your work as a chaplain and, um, this is a topic that fascinates me and I don't know if the uh, the listeners know this but uh, uh, I have had uh, experiences with plant medicine and the biggest gift I received is mortality awareness 
before uh, this experience, um, it, it felt distant to me. Um, and I mean, I had grandparents transitioning, uh, but not nobody too close to me yet. And so receiving this gift of mortality awareness have definitely uh, enriched my spiritual um, journey. So I would love to get a little bit into that, uh, Reverend Susan, if you don't mind. Um, and and another, another word that you've been saying, the gifts of an experience, the gifts of a journey, the gifts of having awareness about it, um, you know, what's going on inside of ourselves. So what have been uh, the gifts of being with people uh, in that beautiful moment? It, it's it's sad for those of us who stay here, um, but for those who get to transition back home. Wow. Oh, I think the biggest gift that I receive is to have, the, you know, the privilege to be present to that. Yeah. Um, because it is a very intimate experience. Uh, as a chaplain, um, we are less there at the end of life. Usually family members, of course, will be there or a nurse if a patient is uh, struggling at the final hours of, of their passing. We aren't there that often at, when someone takes their last breath. I've actually had more opportunities in the hospital in the acute setting where it's unexpected, you know, and, and usually nobody's prepared, you know, especially if they come into the ED and there's a, a heart attack or, you know, drowning, uh, which happens frequently because I worked at Hogue Hospital right near, you know, uh, Newport Beach. And uh, so those moments, um, the gift that I receive is again, it's the honor to be there. The really feel honored and privileged to be in those final moments with someone that many, many hospitals have a program that's called No One Dies Alone, NODA, the NODA program. And uh, uh, someone will sit with a patient. And I, I've had that opportunity a, a few times in the hospital. And it, it truly is remarkable to hold someone's hand um, when they're taking their final breath and to, to feel and see uh, a body that that surrenders to that experience. Now, granted, most of these individuals are medicated, mm -hmm. so it makes that transition e much easier on the physical body. But we, as spiritual students, um, and having these awarenesses, when we come to that place in our in our uh, ending of this lifetime. Um, I believe the work that we've done and continue to do, we become less attached to the world outside of us, right? Mm -hmm. And so when when we are less attached to that world, we're, we're, it's easier for us to release our body, to let go of our bodies. Mm -hmm. And um, you, I've seen people that were afraid and very much attached to the to their stuff and the world and difficult time letting go at the end. So that's something for all of your listeners to consider, you know, whether you have family members or if you are nearing that place in your own journey, you know, is, is about surrender. It's about release. It's about letting go and, you know, allowing your hands to be open in those final moments. And I mean, spiritually and physically to really releasing yourself so that your soul 
your spirit can easily part from your the, the ties and the constraints of the physical world. Something that came to me along this journey um, uh, with being with so many families is this idea that we outgrow our physical form as spirit, mm. you know, in mm. the final day. So, so there's a release. We have to get out of these bodies that we feel trapped in now, the final days. So, so that somehow brings peace to people that mm. their loved one, their spirit has outgrown their body. They're too big for their body. Mm. And they're being released to truly express the greatness and the glory of who they are. So oh. it's so cool. Yeah, it's oh. it's really such a great, great experience, I must say. And um, to be with people in that way, and, and you ladies know the value of being a beneficial presence, the work that we do in consciousness to be a presence, a space. You are felt before you enter a room. Yeah. And I've experienced that over and over and over. People don't know what it is, but they feel it. You know, a way is made before I, I enter a hospital room and there's a space that is already created because the presence has gone before me and creates this environment where people let their defenses down, their walls down, and suddenly, you know, something they've held on to for decades comes to the surface and they feel comfortable enough to be relieved of it by sharing it with me. And I'm just meeting them for the first time, you know, so I know you've had those kinds of experiences, but it has been profound in my life, again, in such gratitude and humility to say, I'm so grateful to be of service in this way, in this way. And yet still having an awareness, a self-awareness, because sometimes what's being offered to me in their sharing triggers something in me from my own past experience. And, I, and I'll share uh, an encounter that I had recently. It was a young individual. Well, I was you know, young because wherever I am in my age, continuum uh he was in his mid-50s but he had a motorcycle accident broke his ankle and um i i come to see him in the hospital and he starts talking about you know that he recently got out of prison and he his his you know his career path was a programmer he had a really you know um very significant role in a large corporation as a developer of, of their online presence. And he was arrested for child pornography for down, you know, and I'm sitting there just, you know, just keeping my heart open and letting him go on. And he's talking about how difficult it's been and uh, being on parole. He's got this list of things that he has to do. He can never be on the internet again. He doesn't know what he's going to do for a career path. He has a relationship and the, the person that he's in relationship with has to sign on a document that she knows all of the things that he's experienced. And he's going on and on and on and on. And um, I'm just being a vessel for him to share all of this because he had was carrying this heavy burden and self-judgment and um something spoke through me and i think one of the things i said to him that you know about there was a part of him that you know has never been hurt or harmed as we we all know and that resonated with him and um i told him that it didn't sound like he was he was being a victim 
you know, some people whine about, oh, I've got to do this and that. He was being really honest mm -hmm. and just having this experience of the challenges that were before him. And so he was looking, I felt, for some validation and some affirmation that he's okay, you know, and somehow that came out through me and the physical therapist came into the room in the middle of near the end of our conversation. And, and I said, you know what, I'll come back later and, you know, get your therapy done. And I got out of there and what I found in my, in my um, own, you know, self evaluation was something was triggered in me. You know, I come from a history of child abuse you know i was abused as a child so all of these things mm. i knew there was a part still in me that needed some healing and forgiveness so that was a gift for me to have the awareness to recognize that and do the inner work that was revealed to me which i did i did go back to see him later in the afternoon and i'm so grateful because he exposed himself to me you know in this in this yeah. very vulnerable way and I think had I not gone back, he might have chalked it up to, oh, yeah, there's that another one who, you know, doesn't accept me and blah, blah, blah. Well, I did go back because he got released that afternoon. And had I not gone back, he might have gone home with, you know, an attitude about all of it. But I was so grateful for that experience and, and the work that I have done to allow myself to be present and stay with that, even if it felt uncomfortable. Yeah. To have the ability to stay present with someone, even if I'm recognizing there's something happening in me. Mm -hmm. So we talk about that in our teaching of having like a dual awareness. I don't want to deny what I'm feeling, be present to it, but yet not let it overshadow the moment that we're experiencing together. So that's a gift and that's mm -hmm. a, a skill that comes over time of cultivating and cultivating over and over and over this deep inner awareness, this deep recognition that there's something here that's for me, not against me. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, want to explore what that is. And it always takes me to a, a deeper place, a more glorious place. So, oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I know what I'm feeling right now is, uh, well, just sheer gratitude. Thank you for sharing that story with us and, uh, and always so authentically sharing yourself with us. Um, I sense that our listeners um, can pick up on and realize how blessed we all are for this conversation and i also sense that there is a pull towards you that i would like i'd like to i'd like to speak to our listeners and and let them know about enlightened heart and let them know about having access to you for 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 lack of a better way to describe it um i mean i'm so grateful for you in my life reverend susan and um and I have some attachment to you, if I can be honest about <laughs> it. Uh, so, um, and I know that you can hold that for me and, and allow me to process that. Um, I want to recognize that you are the spiritual director of Enlightened Heart OC, and that you bring your skills and your experience and your talents and, and your brilliance that you've cultivated over so many years of, of, mm -hmm. of being and of dedicated service. And, um, and so I, I want to invite you to share some words of inspiration around the community that you serve and that you direct. And um, also perhaps 
um, inviting you to express an invitation to anyone that would like to participate in Enlightened Heart. Thank you for that, Jennifer. And oh gosh, yeah. You know, it's that too has been an interesting journey. Um, we've we've been I've been leading the community since 2015, February 2015, and we had a physical location where we met in Irvine, California, um, growing, growing, and then COVID, of course, hit, and since COVID, we've been online, we're in process of looking for a location again now, um, but it ebbs and flows, you know, it ebbs and flows the online communities. Some are doing very well, some not so well. And we're kind of in the ballpark of somewhere in between. Um, uh, we have now, I have an assistant um, minister, Reverend Candace G. Yes. So she and I are working together to, to build and grow again. Um, but it's interesting because I'm in an interesting place for the last couple of years. Maybe, maybe COVID was, you know, the instigator as it has been you know i've gotten gifts from covid we call the corona bonus what came through for me in many different ways um but in terms of where i'm at in my own journey and leading a spiritual community i, I keep thinking it what have i what do, what do i have to say to people what do i have to teach who am i to think that i can be something that somebody listens to because i, I you know i keep going deeper inward and it's not so much about blasting it outwardly so i'm i'm in the middle of of this change within my own spiritual path and journey and i'm finding that i am you know retreating more i'm going more inward it, you know i i spend less time with group gatherings and finding more joy when i you know walk the beach alone with my dog of course or hike alone and really be at one with my nature and surroundings um so it's a it's a it's a different place that i'm in we meet on sun well we are meeting now twice a month online first okay. and third sundays um and it is at enlightenheartoc.com um you can find the zoom link for that and it uh we start at 8 a.m is the meditation 8 30 service begins um so we're done pretty much by nine o'clock and uh wait a minute 8 30 i'm sorry it's 8 30 meditation nine o'clock is service we're done pretty much by 10 so you can do agape before or after or other communities that you're doing and that's specific standard time um we also do a Tuesday, so it's the third and fourth Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. There's a meditation call from 7 to 7.30 on the third Tuesday of the month, the same Zoom that you use for the Sunday service. And on the fourth uh, Tuesday of the month from 7 to 7.30 is a prayer call. We also meet, for those of you that are local, we have a, a first Friday at fun day we call it where we meet at a local restaurant Greenleaf in um, Costa Mesa on 17th Street we do a second Saturday hike <laughs> in Laguna Beach Fine. which we do so there's a lot of things going on a lot of activities um, you can go online and find all of that we are going to be starting a book I don't want to call it a book study I think a, a book conversation for the four Mondays in November, we're actually going to be um, doing the latest oh. book by Michael Singer, Living Untethered. 
and we'll be meeting uh, uh, four Mondays. It begins on November 7th. It's the first Monday, I believe, and then the other three Mondays from 6.30 to 8 p.m., and that's all Pacific um, Standard Time. So uh, the book is divided into eight sections, so we're going to read two sections per week and have a discussion about it. So those are some things that we're doing. Um, we also are a big outreach community. We usually have a project. We, we've gotten involved with Sacred Saturday service uh, through Agape and have done things here locally. We usually adopt a family or participate in some gift-giving exchange um, during the holidays with uh, either senior center. We've done a lot of work with CASA, which is the court appointed um, uh, for uh, young adults. Uh, um, really wonderful program here in Orange County. So our community is about community, you know, <laughs> and it's about spreading love and outreach things that we do in our own neighborhoods and our own families as we know that COVID opened us up in many, many different ways. I think um, people rose up to the occasion and reached out and helped people that were unable to help themselves. And I think it slowly has changed the way people do life now, being more caring and conscious. I mean, that's what I look at. I know there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world, but where we keep our attention and focus is what grows and multiplies. So I like to stay focused on the positive, not dig my head in the sand, stick my head in the sand and be unaware of what's happening globally. There's a very strong awareness of what's happening globally. But as we talked about in the very beginning and what my part of my bio talks about, you know, we can't really have sustainable world peace until each of us individually have found that inner peace that we can maintain and sustain. Mm -hmm. You know, what rocks your peace? What disturbs your peace? And how do we, how do we learn to discover what that is and turn that thing into a gift that brings more peace and more peace and more peace? Because that's what matters. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll be sharing um, the website for Enlightened Heart OC so that for those of you who have felt inspired to participate in this online community or uh, in the activities you have in person if you live in California uh, to, to be able to participate. So now to to close this beautiful conversation and thank you, Reverend Susan. It's been so enlightening. And uh, I told Jen, like, I'm, I'm just so excited we're doing this today. It's, it's, it's a gift for both of us. And I know it's a gift for our listeners. Um, we uh, uh, learn about spiritual principle and, to, and, and we have seasons in our lives where we have a go-to spiritual principle. So we are, curious and what is your go-to spiritual principle these days and also uh, another question there if you can add if uh, anyone listening right now it's it's called to service um, and you said uh, unavoidably we we grow inwardly when we're of service um, what advice would you give them to take the first steps to uh, to to serve um, 
and and you've been a beautiful uh, testimony and embodiment of service. So those two questions about your go-to principle and what would you say to someone that is being called to be of service? Without a doubt, my go-to principle has been probably forever that everything is always working together for good. And that has picked me up, woken me up, you know, slapped me awake over and over and over again that even if I'm struggling and and how do I know that it works I go back reflecting on my life and the experiences that I've gone through when I when I resisted or I was in upset or you know anger and and emotional distress that I can always go back and see well I I see why I had to have that experience because that brought me here or this brought that to my life. It always, always, always demonstrated itself in in ways beyond what I could ever have put together. I truly believe, and this is something important to know, I know that there's a seed planted within, within all of us that has a destiny to fulfill. Life is about fulfilling that divine destiny within us. And, and our soul is always trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And we become obstacles of that to happen. Yes. And so sometimes, you know, if we're working strongly, especially when we're learning about spiritual principle and, and you know, shedding old beliefs and opening ourselves up to, to truly allow that to lead us, sometimes it takes us on journeys that I would never take myself. Mm. But yet it was a necessary way that I had to learn and grow to have this new insight or this new awareness because my my heart, my soul is always pulling me towards that divine fulfillment. Yes. Just like the seed that's in a in the ground that you know a plant finds its way through the cement. It has a destiny to grow and it's gonna do whatever it can to break through obstacles to grow. So our breaking through obstacles can be the challenges, can be the disappointments, can be the upset, but there's always this compelling you know, push within ourselves to grow and to grow and to grow. So that has, that has been my lifesaver in my life, that things are always working together for good. Secondly, in terms of um, being of service, um, that's a good question because, you know, I, I've done a lot of Vipassana work and Gwenka does the teaching on service. Mm-hmm. And um, we are all encouraged when we do when we do the uh, the sit. You know, usually you you begin with the ten day sit to learn the teachings, and they always talk about coming back to serve, and you become a servant there, and you work in the kitchen, you prepare the meals, and do those things. It's my dog, um, uh, but he had something that I think that is important. We can serve. Many of us will say yes to do service work, but if your heart is not in it, if you feel like it's an obligation or you're, you know, you're resisting it, but I got to go because so-and-so wants me to go, that is not service. Right. So I would stay home. I wouldn't even go and do your service on those days. We have to really show up with our heart and our soul to be of service. It is of those times that we are so filled. You know, anything you think you're losing, whether it's a, a Saturday afternoon or, or time that you could be doing something else, when you let all of that go and you show up for someone else, you are so filled to the overflow that it, it becomes addicting. It can become addicting because there's, 
there's magic that happens. There's a there's an awakening, a feeling inside of you that comes alive like never before. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you know, people become more important than the almighty me, you know? Yeah. And so when, when we let ourselves um, become that for others, it is such a, a, a profoundly deeply moving experience that you will never forget you will never forget and so uh, uh, as far as service and i know all of you that are listening there's something in you that that maybe you've heard or you've been feeling or you've been tapped inwardly go explore what that's about you know take the risk step outside of yourself if for only a short moment in time and see what that's all about. I know, you know, one of our great teachers, Reverend Michael, always talks about, you know, be curious, be interested in things and explore what that is for you. You'll never be let down. Never be let down. That I promise you. You will never be let down when you truly are of service to someone or something else. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Incredibly profound. Thank you, Reverend Susan. I'd like to just take a moment and express to you my belief in you. I know how magnificent you are, and I see you, and I love you, and your endeavors and what you're allowing to emerge through and as you. I know you surrender. I know you've said yes, and I know you will continue to, and I just want to affirm my my belief in you and in your services and the mighty difference that you've made in my life and in countless people's lives and also in the lives of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And I do remember that email that I answered, responded to from Florence, Florence, (laughs) Italy. I remember, and Paola, I remember you, when you came to teach at a, you know, brought some of, uh, your stuff to agape to learn um, the teachings and bring it back home. Um, so you both have come such a long way on your journeys, and I'm I'm thrilled to see you offering this podcast for your listeners that can, you know, receive the gifts through you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and these wonderful teachings and just the great things that you're doing is profound and well felt. Well felt. Thank you, Reverend Susan. It's been a joy to be in your presence. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Share this episode with the people that you love. Come and like it. We love you, and we will see you on our next episode. Goodbye. Thank you all. We love you. (laughs) Be well. I will. Bye-bye. This has been a Peace Teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you, we appreciate you, and we bless your life. Peace be with you.